There are three major festivals or three major holy days in the Christian year. Christmas, right? Easter, of course. And the third is the start of the football season. No, the third is Pentecost, today. Now, obviously, Christmas and Easter receive the lion's share of attention, commercially and devotionally within most Christian churches. And yet, if it had not been for Pentecost, neither you or me or anyone else would ever have celebrated a Christmas or an Easter. Without Pentecost, there would be no St. Bridget's Cathedral. There would probably be no churches at all. Do you know why? Today's reading from Acts chapter 2 regarded the first Pentecost, or at least the first Christian Pentecost. There's a Jewish Pentecost, but this is the first account of the first Christian Pentecost from the first century. Jews had come from all around the Mediterranean world to observe the Passover in the city of Jerusalem. They had come for Passover. They had come for the Jewish festival of Pentecost. And Jesus, perhaps you've heard of him, had been slain. And oddly enough, Jesus' followers, which included women and men, were hiding. Isn't that odd? I mean, of course, Jesus had been beaten, bullied, stripped, sentenced, and slain. So one can understand why, at first, the early followers made a point of hiding out. They did not want to be next. But remember what happened on Easter Sunday. They remember this much more vividly than we. And Jesus had been seen several times after the resurrection. And did you know that according to the Bible, Jesus spent 40 days after the resurrection encouraging, teaching, nudging along his first followers. And his last words while he was on earth, his great commission was as follows. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But his followers actually didn't go anywhere. Isn't that odd? They had seen Jesus alive. They had heard his instructions to go, but they did not go anywhere. They did not go out and preach about the birth of Christ, Christmas. They did not go out and preach about the resurrection of Christ, Easter. At best, some of them prayed and they waited. Waited for what? And now for a joke. Little Tommy was watching his mother and his mom was applying cold cream all over her face. And little Tommy said, Mom, why are you putting all that stuff on your face? And she said, to make myself beautiful. And a few minutes later, with some tissue, she started to remove the cold cream. 
And little Tommy said, what's the matter? Giving up? It would have been very easy for the first followers of Jesus to give up at this point. But they didn't give up. They waited. What did they wait for? Cold cream? No, the coming of the Holy Spirit. That's what Pentecost is about. That's what we're celebrating today. The birthday of the church. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, speaking in foreign languages, tongues of fire, the things we heard about from the reading, this all was a part of the supernatural overtones of the first Pentecost. And that may be weird for us to understand today. But what is not weird and what is not hard to understand is that after Pentecost, historically speaking, not after the resurrection, think about that, not after the resurrection, but after Pentecost, the Christian movement exploded across the Mediterranean world and beyond, rocketing from a tiny ragtag group of rural Jews to a mammoth multinational faith. Not after Christmas, not after Easter, but after Pentecost. A flame was kindled in the first followers of Jesus after the first Pentecost that enabled them to live out the words that you and I heard from today's reading from St. John. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. To be a Christian whether it's Church of Ireland, Roman Catholic, whatever denomination, whatever church, is to be a person who has been sent. We have sort of forgotten this. And the situation of the 21st century is reminding us about this again. But to be a Christian is to be a person who is sent. Here's what one writer said about this. A non-negotiable part of meeting Jesus means being sent out And not just alone on some private spiritual quest or individualized ministry. It means being called into community, into a church, and then sent out with others. Your own bishop has written about this and her vision for this diocese. She writes, My vision for the diocese is that God can transform lives one at a time. Whether in Ireland, or Canada, or even the United States, times have changed. You have all seen it, particularly some of you over your lifetime. We now live in what is called a post-Christian society. This means a whole lot of things, but one of them is is that we cannot afford to sit around and wait for people to come to us. We must find creative ways to go to them. And this missionary impulse to go to where people are is deeply rooted in Irish church history. Going all the way back to St. Patrick and lots of other historical personalities and movements through many centuries. It was the Irish church that re-evangelized Europe. It was the Irish church that caught the flame and spread it. We can even see this in the life of St. Bridget. 
And so all of us, we must once again learn what it means to be kindled with the flame of God's love. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then sent out from our churches into our marriages, our friendships, our families, our neighborhoods, our jobs, our schools, and into the wider world to share and be good news. Are you sharing and being good news? Are you just going through the motions of faith? Is this cathedral sharing and being good news in Kildare and beyond? Or is it just a historical curiosity? These are always good questions to ask as Christians. Am I just going through the motions of faith? It's a good question to ask as a cathedral church as you look for the coming of your next dean. But the Holy Spirit has come. That's what we're celebrating today on Pentecost. And God is more than willing to help you and me, this cathedral church, any church, anywhere in the world, accomplish the Great Commission to make disciples and transform lives. This will require the power of the Holy Spirit. And this will require methods, new and old. But remember Jesus' words. They're not just written to people back in the first century. They are written to you. They are addressed with your name on it. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Amen.